Middle Earth! Hey, what's up, Internets? Welcome to Epic Nerd Rad Geek Meltist Hashtag. I'm your host, Danny Blaze. Follow me on Twitter. Joined by... The Q-Man. We're going to be talking all things geek. This is a brand new Geekscape. It's out the window. Those five years suck. We're going to be talking Robert Kirkman. We got in the Epic Nerd Rad Geek Meltist Hashtag Hot Tub. Hot Tub. Bane's in the Dark Knight Rises. But how can you get Bane's body? We got the top five tips. We went to a gym. Also, we got our hot girlfriend here to talk to you about a new show called Doctor Who in a segment called No Who Didn't. I want to tell you about a brand new sci-fi show called Doctor Who. Ever heard of it? Well, now you have. It's British. That makes it good. Back to you guys. Can't wait to tap that info later. <laughs> Double click for sex. And we got a brand new segment for all you D&D heads out there. It's called Roll for Initiative. I've been playing D&D since back in the day. You know, three months ago. Follow me on Twitter. Remember, Twitter Pick Wednesdays. In case you haven't talked about zombies with your friends enough, I'll be on TV later today talking about zombies after that show where all they do is talk instead of actually show you zombies. You know, based on that indie comic you never heard of where they show zombies. Wait, no, they just talk about them? Pretty epic. Hey, you want to see me eat a box for money? All that and more in the brand new epic nerd rad geek notice hashtag stay tuned, internet. Follow us on Twitter. All right, so epic nerd rad geek melt ish hashtag. Let's get it going. Yo, Q man, you look good, bro. <laughs> Thanks, Danny Blaze. I like to say it's a geek chic. Oh man, yeah, you look tight. I can seriously go down. What the hell is going on here? Oh, hey, Jonathan. Hey, what what are you two doing in here? Ah, oh, come on, man. Nobody wants old Geekscape anymore. That show sucks. You had five years. Now step aside and let the new wave in. All right? I don't care who you are. You're in my studio. I'm here with my buddy Sam Weller. We came in here. We found you and your little stupid friend and your girlfriend. Where's your girlfriend? She just ran away. You mean a girlfriend. A girlfriend just went out, babe. Listen, we're going to do Geekscape like we've been doing it for five years. All right? That's what kids want. If you want the old episodes, check iTunes. There are two Geekscape classic feeds, one for audio, one for video. All the old episodes are still there and on the site. This is the brand new Geekscape. We're going to be talking conversations with real geeks. We're going to be talking news and reviews. That's what people want. They don't want some fake asshole telling them what's cool. No, man, that's a hot QQQQ tip. No, man, it isn't a hot QQQQ tip. You want to talk about what's hot, okay, the real nerd stuff. You're talking to me. I read comic books and did musical theater at the same time when you weren't even born yet. You tell him, Sam Weller. What? You don't think I had a tough time in middle school? Oh, man, I remember losing my virginity at 13. I was so nervous. Both chicks I thought were laughing at me. You know what? Danny Blaze, just get the hell out of here. Guys, you're listening to Geekscape. Same old, same old. Let's get this thing going for the next five years. Sounds good, Jonathan. Have a great show, my man. Bye, Sam. What's up, Geekscapists? Welcome to episode 240 of Geekscape. If you're using the old chronology as your guide, this is your favorite movies, video games, and comic podcast. We're all audio now, so this is the first all audio 
uh, version of Geekscape. This is the first episode of Geekscape. It all encourages audio. you to use your imagination. It does. Um, you guys know what I, I look like if you guys have watched Geekscape before. So uh, if you haven't, go back, find some of the classic Geekscape episodes. There are 239 of them. And familiarize yourself with the kind of uh, David Schwimmer looking guy sitting over to your left. <laughs> um, but if you're familiar with Geekscape, you know how it works. Uh, I sit down with a guest. We talk movies, video games, and comics, and news, reviews, whatever comes up. And I like to talk to guests who are basically uh, familiar with that world. My guest this week is uh, no stranger to you guys if you've been watching Geekscape, Scott Klopfenstein. Formerly of the band Real Big Fish. Formerly of the band. When you were on the show last, you were actually still in the band. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, What changed? Uh, My wife decided to clone and uh, (laughs) needed 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 my participation. We decided to do a DNA replication, and uh, and and that came out swimmingly. Uh huh. Um, Although I I don't want to be misleading, it wasn't a water birth. No, your your daughter's awesome. Yeah, she's hilarious. I spent some time with your daughter. She is amazing. do you miss being in the band? I, I miss playing for people. Right. Um, it's nice to be able to be home and see the wife and family and not live out of a suitcase. I mean, there's definitely elements of, of being in the band that I miss. You were in this band since you were, what, 16? Yeah, 16. 16. Yeah, and I'm 34 now. Like, this was your college? This, this was, was your 20s? Yeah. This was all of it, and now you're sitting here and you're not in the band anymore. No, yeah. Um, what do you miss the most besides playing for people like the, the, the musicianship of it actually being in the band I mean because you can still play for people regardless right 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 yeah and, I, and, I, and I'm doing that a little bit but yeah I just I, uh, playing every night is, is really the and not having to have a 9 to 5 is kind of nice mm-hmm. not that 9 to 5 is bad but don't let that was pe- your 9 to 5 that was my 9 to 5 yeah do you think that being in a band uh, that was successful almost from like you, you, you guys were in the band like what two years before it got successful yeah about that literally you're how old 18 uh, yeah 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 when we when we started to get when somebody came up to us and said hey would you like to make 400 dollars a month to play music for a living and and i nearly wet myself. <laughs> wait 400 dollars yeah month? no they they a whopping 400 dollars a month was what they were offering us at first and uh, and i jumped at the chance this was mojo pre-mojo this is mojo this is mojo mojo as like, i said we like, can give you guys each 400 dollars a month and would you like to and we said yes because I wasn't making anything at the time. And, and that, I was living in this, this very house that we're in right now. And that was before you guys had a single on the radio. Right. I, so yeah. that was just kind of, you know, I could understand 400 a month. Oh, jeez, no, I can't. <laughs> uh, and it was what? It was 96. Uh, 95, 96, yeah. 400 a month. To, but you had to tour. Did you make any extra, like a merchandising or record sales or? Not, not until... Not till a bit later. I mean, we, we made four hundred a month for I want to say maybe like a year. Okay, but we were we were touring pretty heavily at a certain point. So I mean, um, but I mean, most of us were living at home. We didn't have great expenses. I, I I didn't have a car or anything like that, so I didn't really need anything more than that. I think actually some of us got different ranges. I just I vouched for four hundred dollars because that's all I really needed. I lived here right. at home and didn't have a car. Um, my 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 girlfriend was um, nice enough to accept that as as what I made as a living. Ch- cheap dates. Yeah. <laughs> um, what what happened? Uh, she when, paid a lot. What, what what was the first single that got big? Like like everything sucks. Everything or, sucks was or, first. Yeah. And so what happened? Uh, like they, what changes? Well, what changes when you're 18, 17, 18? What changes when all of a sudden you have a song on the radio? At first, not a great deal. Really? Yeah. I mean, everything just kind of stays the same. 
and then but it's when we started touring more extensively. It became 450. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was when we started touring extensively. The thing that made it different was um back when MTV we back when MTV used to play music videos. Mm-hmm. That's when things got weird. Okay, so I mean what I saw was who directed your first music video for everything. A uh, guy sucks. named Jeff Gordon. It was it was actually and Jeff Gordon also did Jeff Gordon uh, the, the, and uh, Christian Jacobs. And he did the first Christian, but Jeff Gordon did the first three videos for you guys. Yeah, he did. Everything sucks, sell out, and uh, she has a girlfriend. And he now. was when he did everything sucks. He and was this is a, the he video was, director, not the race car. Right, director. right, right. But uh, when Jeff Gordon was he, he was still at USC when he did everything sucks, or or he had just come out of USC. Is that true? I don't. Okay. I, I know very little about. The, the, confirm this for me if if, uh, if if it's true. Okay. Brian Singer, mm-hmm. director of Usual Suspects, the two good X Men movies. Is it true that he worked on the Everything Sucks video? Okay. Different Brian Singer. Okay, never mind. That video stinks. Because <laughs> <laughs> you see him in the credits. Right. Different Brian Singer. Okay. All right. Very different Brian Singer. Okay, because the, the geeks got excited. They were like, oh, you know, you could you know, why didn't they cast you as Wolverine? No, I but, just, you know. <laughs> you're more Bobby um, Drake. But, um, yeah, because I saw that, and I'd, I, I'd never asked you that question. And we were fr- we've were we been friends kind of since I shot a video for you guys. Right. Which was the sequel to the Everything Sucks video. Don't start a band. That, I mean, that, that was kind of the spiritual sequel to that. Yeah, that makes sense. I, yeah. Um, well, that's what, that's what we have talked about it being, was sort of like, you know, you guys have come full circle from being, you know, undiscovered, everything sucks, and then now you guys have had some success and everything sucks yeah. again. It's <laughs> like, you know what, this is not all it is cracked up to be. And we will we will tell you in a video, in a song, yeah. how everything sucks. Um, I, I had actually wanted to pitch, I had pitched on, on drinking, which was the spiritual successor to beer. We were talking about this. I never heard you about You didn't know this. that? No. I have a treatment on this very computer that I can email you. Um, I have a treatment for uh, that video. Right. And, and it's funny that the, the, the reasoning why... I have to make sure that this is still is recording. Is this still recording? I don't know. Does it look like it? It looks like it froze up. It looks like it stopped. Let's see. All right. Uh, good to go. Yeah, we are still recording, but I did, I did get rid of, rid of those little Rice Krispies that were happening. Yeah, that's, that was annoying. You know, it, it's it's a brand new world here with audio, so I, I have to refamiliarize myself with everything. But it does remind me of what we used to do in, in college, uh, which is where you and I met. I was a freshman at Penn. Right. You guys were playing the TLA in Philly, mm-hmm. and we've told this story before on Geekscape. Where, Once or twice. I'm like, for some reason, I ended up on the... Mangled on the, pirate ship copy of Kevin's... <laughs> I ended up on the Iron tour Man. bus, and I met you, and... I mean, I was, I was like a cursory fan. Uh, I'd actually met you guys through, I think, Stormy? Maybe. It doesn't matter. Uh, mm-hmm. Your merch girl was MTX's merch girl. Oh, 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 uh, Paige. Paige. Yes. And she introduced us to you guys, and we ended up on the tour bus just kind of hanging out. And you were so proud that you had Daredevil number one, Kevin Daredevil, Smith's first, right. well, and it looked like a damn pirate map. Yeah, it was yeah. so messed up that for a comic book fan like myself, I was horrified. Yeah, it was dark. Those were dark days. Those were dark days. What was going? You were eighteen, nineteen. Uh, At that time, you're, yeah, you're like touring. You guys are touring and playing some sizable places. Yeah, like yeah, the yeah. You lose your mind. But you had your. You guys had a couple hits. Yeah. Like everything sucks. At that point, with Paige, yeah, I mean things were starting to like really take off for us. We were. She's got a girlfriend shows. now. Yeah. What was the other one? Um, um, sell out. Sell out. Yeah. Well, how could we forget that one? Yeah. <laughs> what was that one? Sell out. Uh, you, later that year, you guys would appear in uh, in uh, basketball. Well, basketball. Um, what were you? What were you? What was that like? Having that kind of a success? Were you still making four hundred dollars a month? No, I was making considerably more. Um, but it's so blurry, like because it all happens so fast. I mean, it's one of those things where, um, and I've, a lot of other people that I know who've had. 
actual like huge crazy success they feel I feel a lot of the same ways it's like things because you're friends with the so dudes fast. from Maroon 5 we, 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 we are friends with them uh, and I haven't spoken to them in years those guys are right. so busy but, but they've had astronomical um, success yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean you know so it's like you know it just it happens everything goes so fast and you're constantly so busy that like okay you, you just don't know okay. like there was a time when we would and hop you're 18. on yeah so we would hop there was a time during I want to say yeah it was it was near the tail end of either turn the radio off or the beginning of why do they rock so hard where Aaron and I would hop on a we we played in New York Aaron and I stayed in a hotel the rest of the band drove someplace else and we stayed up and we did uh, press throughout half the day then we hopped on a plane and this was before 9/11 so you could actually just hop on a plane uh-huh. and um without taking your clothes off and and <laughs> now you do it by choice yeah now it's you know kind of fun uh and then we'd hop on a plane, fly to where the band was, go play the show, hop back on a plane, fly back to New York, sleep for a couple hours, and then go and do press for half the day. Go back what? to a hotel, sleep, or hop on a plane, go play a show with the band. I mean, we did this, like, we were playing a show every night, but then in, like, the wee hours of the morning, flying back to New York to do press all day long. What? And this is where people get into doing hard drugs. What because you, do- you just don't what, sleep. And what were you doing? Just going crazy. No, I mean, what were you doing drug-wise? Oh, um, at 18 I think I was just really only smoking weed back then I mean drinking heavily and smoking weed That's all I that's really it. ever got into Really? A little hash oil But that's it That's it Yeah Because I was hard. I'm hyper to begin with So it's like I need the, the things to bring me kind of to And a you treated place. a comic book like that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People people lose Well I wasn't <laughs> shaking and reading it You know you, like you watch I wasn't it. rolling it to do lines or anything You watch Intervention You see people like losing their families <laughs> over Over what you just said And I'm like I could just imagine. Have you seen, have you seen the, the ultimate cry? We have a listener, big you know, big Yanks and yeah, New York. yeah, yeah, big Yanks, yeah. big Yanks, big Yanks, and I. Uh, he always sends me that YouTube of uh, the the like, greatest cry ever. If you YouTube it, you'll find like it's an intervention episode, and this dude is literally like, "I love you," and then this dude lets out a cry, which is kind of inhuman. He's like. Oh, the barbaric yelp, like uh, like yeah, Robin Williams yeah, talks yeah, about yeah, Dead yeah. Poet Society. So he lets out this thing. And that's what I would do if I saw that comic book today. <laughs> I'd be like, because like, at, at the time I was like, oh, this is just some drug-addled rock star. Right. I didn't know it was just weed. Now I'm worried. But, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, this dude's on heroin. So, no, no. So, so I'm, there I'm, might have been, I mean, there were hallucinogenics involved, too. Okay, okay. Uh, now it's starting to get a little clearer for me yeah, and yeah, unclear yeah. for you. So, um, yeah, and if I had cared about you as a friend like I do today... I would have brought you on intervention. <laughs> I would have brought that daredevil. I love you. <laughs> I'd have been like, "Cause I love you." <laughs> and I would have had that. that <laughs> I would have had that crapped out <laughs> daredevil number one. And I think it would have forced you to quit. Yeah. Forget the fact that you have a kid and a wife now. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, I feel like, and too, like we just moved to uh, Park Slope in Brooklyn, and I feel like, and in the move, some of my comics got damaged. Like. Oh yeah, you were telling breaking me about this. my heart. You were telling damaged. me about this. Oh. What happened? Somehow there was water water damage on them, and, and like things got put in certain places, and, and they sat there for a little while and mold and all sorts of stuff. And we've got a baby; we can't mold in the house. And just Maybe broke it's time my for heart. Intervention. Just broke my heart, and I felt like the thing that actually popped into my mind. <laughs> I was like, "This is karma. <laughs> this is it coming back." You know, because you this you, is Kevin Smith's Daredevil number one coming back because because. When I remember the second or third day of shooting our video, um, we were hanging out at Vince's house where we shot like the garage. Right, right, right. And you and I hadn't really talked because you started that video in New York. 
like you flew in and just started like that video. So I had really been working with Aaron, and uh, and I said, Scott, like you don't remember this, but I've never forgotten because <laughs> for me, you're like scarred. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's like Schindler's List. <laughs> and I was like, we, we never forgot this. Listen, we gotta talk, Scott, because you were pretty fucked up back in the day. <laughs> Let me tell you how great it got, buddy. Um, you may not remember this. <laughs> hey, Scott, listen, I, I need you to sit down. What I'm going to tell you is kind of fucked up. Back in the day, <laughs> I was 17, 18. You were 17, 18. I saw you fuck up a Daredevil number one comic book, which everyone has and now. <laughs> like, right, right. That, that thing sold gangbusters. Uh, and, and you were just like, I don't remember. <laughs> how, much, how much do you not remember from like the successful era a of A great deal. Really? I do not remember a great deal. Because of drinking or um, because of the, the, the speed at which it went? All by? of it. I mean, it's right. like it's such a whirlwind and you're really like, because you got to think too, it's your youth. <laughs> yeah, your entire youth is ba- is is spent like with no no end of stability, like no right. no real bedrock to like you know call home. You didn't even have the like the years in college in which you were like, oh, that's my freshman year, that's right. my sophomore year, that's my junior year. You didn't even have any of those kind of like benchmarks. You, I mean, you had albums, right? We had. You, know, you guys had that first album. I keep order of things on like, albums and girlfriends. But that album went like gold. Yeah, I think it's beyond gold now. Yeah, we actually didn't sign our record contract with Mojo until the record went gold. Okay. They, for some reason, we hadn't. Gotten I think since it's out. gone beyond gold. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. It's definitely sold more than five hundred thousand copies. Okay. It's it's pushing platinum soon. Here. That's what I'm talking yeah, yeah, yeah. about. Okay. The second album. What happened? The radio got weird. I mean, like you know, unfortunately, the ska band thing was that, kind 99? of faded out. Yeah, it was later, like, 88, 89. They didn't want no, to no. hear horns on the radio. 98, anymore. 99. Is that what I said? <laughs> you were on drugs. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they didn't want to hear horns on the radio anymore. And but, also something happened in there where, uh, and, and, you know, I, I, I got to preface before I say anything of this. Is it's like, you know, th- there's two things that happen in the music industry, and you've got two ends. You got it. You got it. You're good. good. Yeah, keep oh, talking. Okay. you got a damn beard, and the uh, damn microphone's going into the <laughs> beard. <laughs> Did you have fun um, delivering presents the other day? <laughs> and you'll get caught in there. Yeah. Um, but anybody give you got... milk and cookies? <laughs> you literally look oh, like oh, oh. Santa hit the early years. Um, where you've got not to... that early. What is going on here? Okay. Um, you've got people that are there to make money off of a product, right. and then you've got people that are there to make the product and want to make art. And so when those two worlds come together, there's a lot of like a lot of headbutting. Right. Um, Mojo did some things that we didn't think were wise, mm-hmm. and we started to butt heads at that point. And um, and, and it so was easier it, to just not deal with you guys or take care of your album, right? I mean, and 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 as far as I understand it, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. If anybody from Mojo Records listening is that's bullshit, then hey, none of them are geeks. You know, yeah, totally. But um, just they, get to the reviews. They, what happened was, as I understand it, is we were going to let K Rock come in and pick listen to the album and pick their single whatever they wanted and uh, Mojo decided to push a single onto them right and it kind of hurt the relationship because you got to keep a relationship with these people and so K-Rock didn't want to play the album right because it wasn't the song they picked because yeah like Mojo tried to like flex their muscles or be I don't know so I know that that was part of it as well what song would um, you out of that second album which I think is awesome uh, I love the third album uh, the third album, Cheer Up. I love Cheer Up, but the second album, Why Do They Rock So Hard? What, what was the uh, what was the single you would have picked? Gosh, I don't know. I'd have to. Even, I don't not even. I don't even really truly remember what was on that record. Um, because you were making art. <laughs> yeah, right. 
No, it's just uh, so many records, so many songs, and we played them all for so many years. Right, like, right, I forget right, which right. is on which record. Um, I mean, I, I thought the setup was actually a great tune. Right. I remember when I heard it and we were working on it, I was like, this song's awesome. Um, but what else is on there? I feel like there were some other things on that record. There's a pit, the, the In the Pit song. In the Pit's on there. Um, You're right. Like, like you do, like, you do kind of just yeah. put... I Want Your pitch. Girlfriend is on that record. That's, That's a, good, a one. good one. That's a great one. That one would have been a good one. Um... But you're playing music now. I am. What, what, what do you think kept? Well, let's let's, let's put a, a fork in it. Mm. But but this is what I'm going to put a fork in it on. What do you think kept the band from doing what No Doubt did and transitioning into like the 2000s and, and like staying happy with radio and because No Doubt turned into like No Doubt. Right. You know what I mean. And you guys did great, but we No Doubt s- hit like the stratosphere. Right. But we kind of stayed a little more true to the ska roots. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean. And, 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 and more, you know, I love No Doubt, no, more power to those cats. I think, you know, they're talented and, and I wish them all the best always. And we just, I mean, we always looked up to them no matter what. Um, and, and actually, I celebrate, I listen to all their records and they're an amazing pop band. Right. Amazing pop but band they, with Sky influence. You would say that they became a pop band. Yeah, they just, they decided to embrace the pop band element of things a little Why more. Why didn't you guys put out a dance record? Um, Aaron wanted to. <laughs> did he really? He did. If you listen to... Um, our we did a Pixies tribute album, mm-hmm. and we did Gigantic, and it's a dance version of Gigantic. It's that's cool. Sh- 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 I mean, like that's what it is. It was all done on a groove box. And that like, sounds fun. It was fun. But is there a place for you in that band? Right. No. <laughs> um, and there wasn't a place for any of us. Like it right. was just Aaron and uh, and our bass player at the time, Matt Wong, like with this groove box, like recording. <laughs> you know, it's something fun in that. Yeah, I mean, it was. It sounded cool. It was a wow, 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 wow. It was, you know. Do you, um, dispel it for the Geekscapists Because like You know I, I think every kid Has like, that dream of either being Like a sports star Or a rock star Da 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 um, How many groupies Did you get? How are the groupies? None What are you talking about? I'm terrified of women What are you talking about? Absolutely terrified So um, you didn't even cash in the check No like you, had, you had a check Were there moments there were, were there moments you look back And you were like Okay Could have had that girl That girl That girl that There girl, were that moments girl. where I tried to be that guy And it's just not me Like I couldn't seal the deal I remember in specific Okay Where we were, were you? We were in Atlanta, Georgia Okay And this girl And I want to say it was my birthday Okay And um, well, Describe her to me Please, I need this. Very, they, they need this. This very attractive girl, long uh, brunette hair, uh, college student. We gotta have this conversation before your wife gets uh, home. Yeah, before my <laughs> wife gets here. Uh, just, just a lovely girl, very, very attractive, shapely, just great. Right, great. Right. And um, and you had no wife. And you had no. I girlfriend. was a single guy yeah, yeah, yeah. on the road, uh, and, which was very rare because I was mostly in relationships. Okay. So it was very rare. That's the other which also helps. Yeah, um, that hurts. You, know, you think it helps Helps or hurts <laughs> yeah, you know. It hurts But um, And so She was at the front of the stage I was like kind of talking with her Flirting with her And she was blowing me off Which that's like a clear sign Especially when I'm on stage I have all the confidence in the world Right I was like oh You're not blowing me off girl Like this You were giving her looks from stage so, yeah I was talking so you, Flirting and she kept blowing me off Like being like From oh, stage uh. you're giving this girl looks Right Okay And so Somehow I connect with her after the show And she has a friend there with her And like they come on the tour bus And we're hanging out and uh, they travel with us to our hotel, and we're sitting there, and it's just me and this girl in the back lounge. And I start to, you know, hey, uh, and the thing, and all of a sudden, and I don't know why I asked it. It's because I'm a moron, <laughs> basically. Is I'm just, I, I have to sabotage wait, myself. I asked her, I was like, wait a second, do you have a boyfriend? I don't know why it came yeah, into my and head. Did. And, then and the she's guilt, like, yeah. I do, but, and I was all, oh. 
And karmically, I just don't believe in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the scumbag in no, me no, is no, just no, like, no. dude, the guy's <laughs> said, not said, around. Yeah. Like, you let a girl like I this said, out by herself, like, what are you going to do? I but said, then, yeah, 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 I meant no, no, no. Karmically, <laughs> I know that stuff comes back around. And, right. I, you know, I, I have huge fears of, of infidelity and what have you. Uh, and so it was just, I in my brain, it was just all, you can't do this. Because then, because I put myself in the guy's shoes, I wasn't drunk enough. Is basically the point. Like, right. if I had been more drunk, I would have not been able. Been like, but then you would, forget then you the guy. Gotten it up. But then that would have been the problem too. Right. So it was the one time. Um, I think I yeah. I've had like one one night stand, and it was actually somebody that I've known. No, it doesn't count. I've, I've known this person for a long time, like on the road. She was somebody who came around. She was a friend, and it was it wasn't. But you, but you remember those moments, those those groupie moments? Did you, did you ever beat off to the groupie moments later when you thought about them later? No, they're kind of demoralizing. <laughs> as, demor- you know I mean? as demoralizing as masturbation is already. Well, yeah, it's like, like you know, like, it's, and it's one of those things where you're like, you know, in your fantasies, all of a sudden you're getting turned down and you're like, you know, what is and, that? And at the end of masturbating, she tells you that she has a boyfriend. Right, right, right. You're like, oh, well, your, your fantasy has a boyfriend. Go. Yeah. The so boyfriend shows up. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. But it's so no I mean, regrets. No, none whatsoever. I mean, it's, a lot of people. It's hard work. You think a lot of people in bands have those regrets? Like, you know what I mean? Like, because like, you knew, you probably knew a bunch of bands that like did well in that era, and then uh, you know, and then you see them on like a warp tour, right? And they're not pulling out what they used to pull, and you're like, oh shit! Like, I think if you don't make your rock and roll dream what your rock and roll dream needs to be while you're doing it, then you probably do have regrets. But I mean, like we we I. I can honestly say, like, I did everything I wanted to do. Right. I played all the venues I wanted to play. There's only a few left that I want to play, and I would never have played them with Real Big Fish anyhow. Mm-hmm. Um, I met a lot of the people I wanted to meet. Uh, I've seen the whole world. I've, I've circumnavigated the globe multiple times. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've done the inc- incredible things in a 17-year career. And like coming, leaving the road was actually not that difficult. Really, not that difficult at all. Was it because the the band had not like kept that level of success, or what, what was it? I mean, I feel like you just got older, like like physically got. I mean, Real Big Fish may have hit a certain plateau for a while, and and you know, I I have a, I, I'm a firm believer that that band can do absolutely anything they want to do. Mm-hmm. Aaron is a very talented songwriter and individual. And it's like anything they want to do, they could do. If they just put the, their best foot forward, and but they seem to Aaron seems to be content with where he's at, and that's that's more power to him. So what are you gonna do? You know, who knows? I'm still <laughs> trying to figure out what that is. I mean, like I have other I have musicians I'm working with right now in New York. Um, I, I'm working on songs and just kind of getting things back down to simple forms. I'm no longer working with big extravaganzas and horns and all. You got things. a kid now. You can't even go to the movies. It's true. It's true. I do get I do get time to play though. Like really? music is yeah my my wife is very understanding about that, so I get like I if my wife you know when my daughter goes down for naps I'm constant I sit down and I write and I work and I you know play music and I practice. Um, it's kind of sucked though, like seeing like a trailer for a movie and then be like, ah, Jonathan, how was it? <laughs> you know what? So many of the trailers for movies have been so bad lately. It's just movies haven't been like. And then I, I get to see it eventually. Like I was, you know, when I when Captain America came out, I was like, how am I ever going to see it? Yeah, you this? saw it like last week. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, you know, but it's fine because I don't have any geek friends in New York, so it's like, no. you know, I don't have. You, any... you, I mean, but you still listen to Geekscape from now and then. I do. I when, yeah, whenever I get a chance. Although there was the problem, I couldn't check what out happened? the site with the. Malware. Oh, oh, the malware's gone. Yeah, yeah. The malware's I'll gone. I'll be back there then. Yeah, don't worry about that. Yeah, yeah. But but screw the site. Like listening to the show, you still listen to the show, and you get your geek fix, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what was your favorite movie of the year? 
Favorite movie of the year. I'm trying to think about my year. Um, try and, not, and not be dead air. Uh, well, I mean, I'm trying to keep the uh, the the headphones right, right, right. cord from like hitting my mic. <laughs> You're well, well, uh, like this is an, uh, this is a problem I, I hadn't had. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I mean, I, I I try to think what I saw this year. I can tell you my least favorite movie of what? the year. That was Immortals. <laughs> you know, like you didn't listen to Geeks Game Fast. Oh enough. my God! Well, a friend of mine, you know, like I don't get get out to the movies too often, and I, I had a friend who we hadn't hung out in a long time. He's like, I just I want to go see a movie with you, and I'm like, you know, like of course. And it's that's actually not how out. my friend you, talks. You I don't didn't know have why. to go see Immortals, but I didn't have any choice in the matter. I was just like, you pick it, we'll go see it. Right. And we sat there and we watched it visually. A lot of fun. Yeah, Tarsa makes like the best, you know, uh, screensavers. Ever. Yeah, and then I mean, and I gotta say. The, the girl from uh, the, uh, yeah 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 the, the girl from uh, what's it called Slumdog Millionaire Slumdog Millionaire yeah, yeah. her that that there was yeah, a very there was a very nice scene that that made a lot of the movie worth it but that's like Conan the Barbarian you get to see the chick who played um, uh, Scarlet from GI Joe yeah you get to see her 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 totally naked Wait. but but it's still not worth sitting through Conan <laughs> the Barbarian that was my worst movie of the year. Conan the Barbarian. Conan the Barbarian. Looking back I, on 2011, that was my worst movie of the year. I didn't, th- yeah, I didn't actually think that that one would be worth seeing. <laughs> but Immortals, but, here we go. I didn't, well, I didn't think, I didn't even think that one would be worth seeing either. But that was when we were in, we were in a heavy, right. like, baby phase, so I didn't even see previews or anything for that one. Sure, it's got dudes. Yeah, it was oh, like, I, don't, <laughs> I think I saw, yeah, like, the, the little, the little uh, picture for it on the iTunes trailers, I was all, I don't need to watch that preview. I already know exactly what it is. What I, um, I've seen everything. I know. At this point. That's amazing. I can live vicariously saw through you. War Horse. Laura and I went to see War Horse. She didn't like She thought it was boring. But I, I got into it. Like, like the, the classic Spielberg camera. I got into it. If you like Spielberg when he's doing, uh, what was the one with the young Christian Bale? Oh, uh, Empire, Empire of the, the Sun. Sun. Like, yeah. like, if you like, like that kind of, like, deliberate Spielberg. Yeah. It's closer to that kind of thing. Um, it was adapt- it was adapted from a children's book and then into a play and then into a movie and you can see remnants you can hear remnants from Did the, the play plays. have a horse on stage you can, well no they had a, a puppetry they used like puppets yeah it looked like a skeletal carriage type thing kind of like the lion king yeah it was it, it's supposedly amazing but you can feel like it's an adaptation of a play as you're watching it um i thought the movie was really good i didn't i didn't think it was great i thought it was really good um I mean, I was in love with like, the camera work. I was in love with the nice... I think the script is nice, but you kind of know where it's going. Who did the music for it? John, uh, I think... Who did do the music? Yeah, I mean, you always want to jump to John Williams, even right. though John Williams did the music for Tintin, which is top five of the year material. Tintin, that go, just looks go see great. it in 3D. It's awesome. It's the tightest script. Like, Steve Moffat, Joe Cornish, and Edgar Wright did the script, and the script is super tight. Uh, the motion capture is incredible. Um, I loved every minute of... of of Tintin, it just doesn't, it doesn't stop. Right. It, it starts right off the bat. You get all the story you need to. You don't get any backstory on Tintin. You don't need a backstory on a kid running around solving like crimes with his dog. Right. Uh, the cool stuff is um, Herrick or Haddock, the Captain Haddock. Uh, his whole story about like he, they don't shy away from the fact that he has an intense alcoholism problem. It's on a lot of the movie. Wow. And it's really well handled. I mean, Ten Ten uses a gun. You would think, like in this day and age, like especially when Spielberg went back to ET and removed the gun and replaced it with walkie-talkies. Remember when he did that? Yeah. You're like, oh man, like now Spielberg has a movie with this Peter Jackson and, and Ten Ten, where 
Tintin uses a gun, runs around with a gun because the bad guys have machine guns they're shooting at. <laughs> right. So Tintin's like shooting back at them, which I think is cool. Kids are going to love that. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, you play that when you're playing out in the yard. Um, in the haddock, alcoholism stuff, it gets heavy, but nothing that is too dark that would scare a kid. I thought it was, the movie was just spot on perfect. That's I used, awesome. I, I used to read those books. Like, my parents would just leave me at, like, the awesome library. Yeah. And they had, like, it's basically a giant cat house, like made out of carpet. <laughs> it was, it, you know, those you know, like cat houses made out of carpet. Like they had one of those, but it was like a castle. It was in the middle of the, the Austin Library, and uh, they would, I would just sit up there and read those Tintin books, like over and over again, and uh, and so I was really looking forward to this movie. Um, War Horse is good. I prefer Tintin if you're going to go Spielberg and. Um, War Horse is worth seeing. It's just uh, you, you you might get bored because you're gonna see what's next. Be- not because it's deliberate or generic, but because it's the appropriate choice. And like right. like that's the thing about Spielberg. Like, he keeps making the appropriate choices. There were one or two camera shots where I was like, there were one or two shots where I was like, okay, that's too much. Like that's going into like Ron Howard manipulation territory. Right. You know, but all the performances are good. The music's good. It, it, I mean, how how could you not be into a movie about a horse? And it's not so much about World War One or this and that. It's literally the horse's journey, um, and how much that the existence of that one horse has changed so many people's lives in the course of this period. Because the horse has several owners throughout the, the course of the movie. Mm, kind of like that thing about the movie about the dollar bill, but with a horse. Yeah, it, it, I, it's worth seeing. Like War Horse is definitely worth seeing. Um, Sherlock Holmes was. If you like the first Sherlock Holmes, you'll enjoy the second Sherlock Holmes. They are what they are. Uh, it's loose. Yeah, and like like you're like okay, well. Um, it's kind of like the the Ocean's Eleven movies where it's like okay they were never in any total real danger because they look out they they look back and it was all going according to plan right you know you're like oh man this is this is uh this is pretty you know remember like Ocean's Eleven like you'd think that they they were gonna like the the jig was up right and they're like oh no that was all that was all by design purely calculated Sherlock Holmes does that where it's like okay you got a little bit of it's a little bit of a get like several get out of jail free cards and if you think that's cheap you probably won't like it. But uh, I enjoy it. I think they're fun, you know. Uh, and then Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, I saw that. Which, um, I never read the books. Neither have I. I never saw, the, like, the, the European version. Neither have I. Um, it's a well-made movie. You know, you can't go into a, a movie, you know, by, uh, by what's his name? Damn. The director. Uh, why, why am I blanking on this, Geeks Gavis? I don't know. Um, you can't go into his movies... And not get a uh, David Fincher. You can't go into a David Fincher movie and not have a good experience. Like his filmmaking is awesome. Plot-wise, like it, you know, it, it's a procedural, and right. you're going to be into it. And yeah, it has some really dark moments. Uh, I did see it with Ian Kerner. You've heard the episodes with Ian Kerner where he gets all manic about comic books. Like Ian Kerner is awesome, but sometimes in movies, especially if you see the book, he uh, right before you get to the scenes. He, he always, like, presumps them by, like, grabbing your arm and being like, dude, check this out, check this out. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and, it, and it completely eliminates any of the tension or any of the surprise from that scene because you know something awful or something <laughs> big is going to happen. So Ian, Ian gets, like, as fanboy as he gets on Geekscape on the couch, Ian gets it that way in a movie theater, and it almost hurts the experience of going to see a movie. <laughs> I love Ian to death, but um, I know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Right. Just, just seeing like all the pieces starting to come together, I know something bad or something exciting or you know, it's like David Fincher's that good of a, of a storyteller that if you know anything about film, 
or film, like the language of film, you can tell he's setting you up for some kind of surprise or some kind of turn or some kind of twist. I don't need Ian <laughs> grabbing my hand like some 15-year-old on a dude, date dude, 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 check and be like, dude, 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 dude. It got to the point where I shushed him and Laura's like, and Laura was kind of like, like, like laughing at the same time. And she goes, did you just shush me? I'm like, no, I fucking shushed Ian because he won't let up. He's like a damn kid in a candy store. He's like, oh, check this out, check this out. Oh, here comes the good part. Here comes the good part. I'm like, shut the f- Just let me enjoy the damn movie. Like, I know I'm a Gabby son of a bitch too, but like, dude, let me enjoy the movie. Movie theater's a movie theater. Right. Don't worry. More, you're more thinking, important than a library. You're thinking Audacity froze. Audacity did not freeze. No, I know. We keep looking at it. But, but it what stopped. I'm looking at now is, is like the. Oh, is there a counter? The, well, there's a counter for for how much disc recording space. Oh, is. I was gonna say I was like, we have not been talking for 15 hours. No, no, that, that's how much space is left. We could. It's telling us we could record for another 15 hours. We don't need to bring it to that. No. I um, you did see the the Hobbit trailer. You had to see that. I did. What did you think of that? I thought it was awesome because they don't give you anything. Uh, spectacular like none of the crazy visuals and stuff but it, it, it sets the tone and you get to see all the characters that you want to see right off the bat and they build that you know the tension of it and, and it's I thought it was appropriately done they don't they don't need to show anything crazy and they you what know do you well they don't need to show smog or I don't you think know. they're going to show smog at all no no movie. not in this one right. but I mean we will we'll probably get into uh, um um Rock giant. I mean, just there's. You, you do see a quick clip of those three trolls. Of the three trolls, yeah. But it's so quick. Like we don't need Peter Jackson to prove to us that he's going to deliver the fantastical elements of the book appropriately. You're right. And they, I think, and I'm like glad that he moments. knows that. Yeah. Like we just want to see the faces of the characters in these books that we've read millions of times, and go like, okay, that's, you know, like, and and, and let him so that he's letting us know like. Is this what you thought he looked like? Did you have a nerd boner? I did. Watch it? Like, I was so excited to, was, to see some. That was, well, that, I've been that watching book was the, the most so important to me. I've been watching the uh, his his little ten minutes his production blogs. Yeah, yeah, which are so great. Like I found it very interesting that they had to, uh, because of the three D cameras, they had to enhance all the colors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, three D does kind of dilute your color. Yeah, I'm, and like they explain it, and like you look at the sets through a regular cut, and you're like, wow, that looks gross. <laughs> and then you see it, and you're like, oh no, it looks. I, you know, I like that kind of. I, I was glad that he did that. So when I saw like a little bit of put together, right, I thought that was nice. Also, uh, I, I got a little bit of a for Prometheus. Oh, really? Like the it's supposedly alien prequel? I mean, well, from what I've read, it's no longer going to be an alien prequel. But that's what he it was thinking so about it as. Though. Yeah, and especially with the big horseshoe ship. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I got excited about that. I, I, I mean, those first two aliens movies are just awesome. Yeah, in this, just seeing—is it Charlie Theron's in this? And you've got Michael Fassbender for sure in yeah. this. It looks like a damn Aliens movie. Yeah. How can you not get excited about it? Then again, like, is this still the same Ridley Scott? I worry because you know if you've seen like Ridley Scott's last couple movies, you're like, okay, it's a different Ridley Scott. Can he go back to? Can he take what he's learned since and right. make a better movie that's similar to Alien? I want to have faith. Blade Runner. I want to have faith. I mean, I've... It's been a long time since we've had a good old-fashioned... Legend. Side Did he do Legend? Yeah, he did Legend with Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise and... Dude, that movie's awesome. Tim Curry? Yeah, Yeah, that movie's great. Uh, That's my favorite devil design is Tim Curry and Legend. Yeah, that thing's awesome. Those horns look so heavy. So heavy. Is he the same guy? Because you also see the path West Craven started taking. Right. 
And you were like, man, I don't know about Wes Craven anymore. And then you saw Scream 4, and I actually thought Scream 4 was fun. It was, I didn't get a chance to see it. Yeah. It's not fun for the first 90% of the movie. <laughs> for the first 90% of your movie, uh, the movie, in my opinion, you were like, ah, I've kind of outgrown this. And then all of a sudden, it hits the point where the twists start to be revealed. Mm. And you're like, okay, this is, like, you can just see Wes Craven like, giggling somewhere right. having fun. So you were saying that you had a, uh, you still play music. What are you playing when you play new music? Uh, I have uh, some tunes I've been working on actually since I, unfortunately, sadly, since I moved to New York. Um, it took me a while to figure out like what the world sounds like when you move. What are you talking so, about? You get an alert to on us. I do, I do. We just want um, you, we want you to talk X Men. It's Geekscape. I just we just want you to talk about how when you awesome change Grand such extreme environments. Right. It's it's maybe that mic's too close. To is you it too close? Yeah. Uh, am I all bl- am I blown yeah, up? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. We, are we good? Yeah, I think you're better now. Okay. When you change, well, for me personally, like my, my yeah. environment is, is has such a heavy influence on what the music sounds like. Right. Um, and so, moving to New York, it's so chaotic and crazy that it took me a long time to figure out. What <coughs> That's me coughing. Everything sounded like right. there in my head. That sounded like a cough. Okay. Um, but uh, so yeah, it's I'd totally be, different. But I mean, but you'd played in New York before, like you'd been in New York before. Yeah, but living there is a, is a whole yeah. different ball of wax. It really is. And so, um, yeah, it, it took me a while to kind of find a sound and um, structure to music that I appreciated mm-hmm. and that I could dig and get behind. Um, and actually, like now, instead of, uh, whereas, like, you know, when I was living here, I had projects like Real Big Fish, and I had a project called The Littlest Man Band, mm-hmm. which was also a very, you know, large group of dudes, horn section, multiple, you know, people playing multiple instruments and stuff and this is what I'm doing now is more it's boiled down I'm working with only a three piece um, I'm challenging myself is not I came to this point where I was like I don't know if I'm even any good as a songwriter for real? for real what's wrong with you? because well you've hide behind you know bells and whistles for so long right. and it's you know you forget that the most important thing is writing a song below it Mm-hmm. And so I got to this point where I wanted to make sure that my songs were any good. Okay. So it's I'm working with a three piece now that there's really no way to hide behind anything. Like I'm not a good enough guitar player to where I can get really super tricky mm-hmm. and pretend like a song is better than it is. Right. So um yeah, I've been I've been working on that. I've been working with some guys um for the past 7 months. Um, and it's a little slow going just because I'm very I'm meticulous. But these are my, your songs. They're, they're all my tunes. Do you have any yeah. you want to play for us here on Geekscape? Like I could. Yeah, do you have anything about like Yoda or anything uh, about Yoda? Jedi's or um, I should have actually and I should have practiced. You should have done like Lando a geek song. Oh, the Lando song is great. Actually, I wonder if I remember remember how it goes. I don't, I don't know. I did not practice it. We, we okay, Geekscape is here we here, here here's some background. Here's some background. Uh, during Singledom, Scott recorded two uh, songs that were supposed to go into the soundtrack into scenes and I yanked them like in the, like, the last three weeks or something like that. I yanked them because I knew that if they were part of the deliverables Fox would own them and I thought the songs were so damn good I pulled them out uh, and they never made it on a single though. they never got delivered never made it on a single though. they were never part of that project and now we have these two great songs and I want to do something with this Lando song so maybe we'll see it okay how does that one go see you thinking to remember the lyrics uh. I think I can actually. Yeah, I, I think I know the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> I, so this, I seriously have not played this song right. in since I probably recorded. It. Right. So, uh, all right. So one, two. I 
Done some things that I'm really not proud of And now I'm filled with regret Made a deal with the Empire And gave my best friend a Boba Fett But as I set out on this mission The only thing that I am wishing Is that I wasn't here sitting next to Nine Nub But back in Cloud City making love Leaving you in Bespin, I lost the best in me. You're the finest little loving machine. Dreams of you kept me cool while I was burning up on Tatooine. Well, all I'm thinking about is what you're doing, where you are. The last thing on my mind is blowing up the Death Star. Please, little Tauntaun, turn my lightsaber on so I can climb inside and do my thing. And then there's like a guitar yeah, solo. That'll work. You know. And there's like a build up thing. Yeah. Uh, thing. Yeah. Leaving you investment, I lost the best in me. You're the finest little loving machine Dreams of you kept me cool while I was burning up on Tatooine Well, all I'm thinking about is what you're doing, where you are The last thing on my mind is blowing up the Death Star Please, little Tauntaun, turn my lightsaber on So I can climb inside and do my thing Oh, please, little Tauntaun, turn my lightsaber on So I can climb inside and do my thing Little Tom Don turn my lightsaber on so I can climb inside and do my thing. And then there's a. Uh... <laughs> Somewhere I think in there. <laughs> Dude, I you can't believe you I remember. Yeah. You remember the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> we got to do something with that. Yeah. We got to do something with that one. Yeah, um, well, they, they were sitting in the cafe and talking about Lando. Yeah, I remember. It, well, I wrote the scene because, and I never did it as stand-up. And the scene got cut. But one of the characters, I remember the scene got cut because the main character wasn't in the scene. But then you watch how watered down Singledom was at the end. And it didn't really matter either way. <laughs> let, let, wait, let me put my headphones back in the uh, actual <laughs> mixer so I can hear what we're doing. Um, <laughs> Uh, it, it, but, but I remember the scene was a joke that I had always told amongst my friends, which was like, how do we, like, Lando in the original trilogy, the only one we acknowledge, is black. Right. He's like the only black dude. And so, how do we even know he's a part of the, like, whatever quote unquote humans were? Right. Right? Because, like, Han, Luke, Leia, they all look the same, right? But right. they have a black dude. And the black dude, there's green dudes, there's red dudes. How do we even know Lando's, like, a human? Right. Right, he could just be a different race. Right. So, so the joke was like Lando could have six dicks. <laughs> you know, right. so like like that was the joke. And then under that, we were gonna play the Lando song. But a, the Lando song didn't work. And b, I wanted to do something else with the Lando song. Right. Well, P- Pirate Pete was supposed to be in Singledom, and I pulled Pirate Pete out too. Uh, one, one of the things we created for Geekscape. Right. Well, the Lando and the Lando song for me brought up you know <laughs> a really important thought of like you know obviously Lando was a smooth cat. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he, he, he was the head. He, I mean, he had a lot of responsibility. And as we know in our culture, anyone who's in any kind of ruling class with a lot of responsibility um, has to make some tough decisions. Has to make some tough decisions, but this is also about some his... lady on the side. Right. 
You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm, I find it very hard to believe that Lando Calrissian did not have some woman that he like thought of and went to all the time. So if you're going into a possible suicide run into the Death Star to blow it up, the, you know, you're going to be thinking about her. Right. I mean, and this is obviously, you know... <laughs> so that's a little song that he's thinking about as yeah. he's piloting with Neob Nub yeah. going into the second Death Star. Well, and <laughs> even when he's, yeah, he's like, he's, you know, he's, he's at Jabba's palace and he's yeah. hanging out there. Like, yeah. I think in the back of his mind. Because like, what, was, what was motivating the guy, right. truthfully? Right. I mean, like, he could have been a scoundrel the yeah. entire time, you know, a smug... Yeah. I mean, he could have got by but he's a good just guy. by stabbing his friends in the back and right. being what he, doing what he did throughout, you know, with the Empire. They'd have let him be, <laughs> you know? Um, the Empire needed Patsy. See, now, now, the original ending of Return of the Jedi, in which Lando doesn't get, get out of the Death Star on time, like, right. that would have made this song completely more tragic. You oh, totally. You would totally. have slowed it down a couple of beats. Yeah. You know, but it's... it's, it's and, it, and it makes me sad that we never get to meet this lady. Because she's probably <laughs> a special woman. If it was that dude with, like, the, the robotic eyebrow... Like, oh, like, um, the, What was his name? Like, his retainer? I love that dude. He, like, he was to Lando As what every Toad was to the princess. right now is, like, saying it what out loud. You fools! You know? Um, what was that dude's name? The dude with, like, the, like, the electrical remote control around his head. <laughs> and the only name that's coming to my mind right now is not the right one. He was to Lando what Toad was to Princess Peach. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that Toad... Like, the toes were, like, into the Princess Peach. Right. You know, like, like yeah, this, guy this is what I don't understand. Like, Bowser took Princess Peach to another castle. And right. when you get there, the toad is standing there. Like, oh, she's in another castle. Like, how's toad alive? Like, wh- how is toad just, like, hanging out there? You know what I mean? Like, what is that all about? Well, he left toad alive. Like, like, like at least toad would be, like... Like stabbed up on the wall, like to leave a message, you know. Right, like, right, right. Like Toad's like, blood would have been bent to be like Mario, uh, like some kind of like you know crazy ass murder note. Right. Well, you know they sent if Mario was more like seven. <laughs> that's what. Happened. Right. Well, you know, I mean, like you know, they they sent Hugo back from the pier at the end of uh, the season two of Lost. You know, they got <laughs> Somebody's got to go back and say these guys. It's not something to mess with. We're gonna stay here right. on our beach. Right. Don't, stay don't, mess Bowser. don't mess with Bowser. Don't mess with Bowser. You know, he's got you know. Turtle shell with spikes on the back. He's in Mario Land 3D, there's huge a, eyebrows. Like, in Mario Land 3D, there's a, a part in levels where you actually look through these binoculars and you look for a toad, and the toad like is up on like this unreachable ledge, and he throws you power-ups if you look at him through the binoculars and zoom in on him using like the gyroscope on the 3DS. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. But how the fuck does that guy get up there? Why does he just hang out in this dangerous level to throw you a star coin <laughs> or like a, a, a one-up? Well, he just hangs up there, and he's happy when you see him. He's like, ha ha ha! He jumps up and down. And he throws you a coin. He's like, "You're insane." I think those dudes are always kind of high. <laughs> <laughs> um, your daughter. I, yes. love, I love your daughter, Ella. Um, wh- how does that change? I mean, obviously, you can't go see movies. Blah, 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 blah. Right. How has that changed you being a geek? Um, and are you are you going to be one of these cool dads, like? "Quote unquote cool dads who think it's too cool to be a dad and like try and get your kids into like stuff that they're into as fast as possible." There's a little bit of that I think that everybody battles with. I mean, the thing is, or let her turn into her own person. I'm gonna let her be her own person, but I'm definitely gonna try to steer her in a proper direction. What's that? You know, like what's that guy who was on drugs all through his (laughs) twenties? You know, no, I mean, like something a friend of mine said. He's just like, just puts like as far as introducing her to music. Because I have a dear, dear friend who's who's uh, a, a, a touring musician who's got a daughter, and um, 
and I asked him, I was like, you know, how did you like get her into certain things and not get her into certain things? We had this big talk. Uh, uh, we got together one time and we were having a talk about Justin Bieber. And, um, and, and I was you, like, how do yeah. you like Avoid control that the... or keep that from happening? He's like, there's not a lot you can do except for try to steer them in a direction without a heavy hand. He's like, so put on what you dig mm-hmm. when she's a certain age. Um, and she definitely has her own likes and dislikes. Um, she loves Pink Floyd. Even at seven months? Yeah, she loves Pink Floyd. Like, oh. if she's fussy. So she too will spend her 20s on drugs. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah so she, she digs a lot of out there stuff. Um, and it's just. And I, I feel a lot of that, though, comes from. Um, just I think a lot of those things are based on what people dug as kids to begin mm-hmm. with. Yeah. You know, like. A lot of if you look at like the stuff I no, we grew yeah, up on, my, no, yeah, my like dad, Sid and yeah. Marty Croft, all that stuff was trippy. The Muppets, like yeah. I remember the time I yeah, broke my, my mom's heart by Muppets. telling her, the, you know, Jim Henson smoked weed. My mom like was like, no, like what are you look at Doctor T? Would you take a look at the guy? He's got, you know, he's got like half sunglasses on his eyelids that are like blue. You know, like, yeah. My mom was like, "How? No." Like, did you like? Did you watch the Muppet movie? I didn't see the Muppet movie yet. You'd like it because you like you like uh, the Fly of the Concords and all that stuff. I liked the first season of Fly of okay. the Concords and their stand-up stuff. Second season kind of like okay. didn't grab me as much. The, some of the songs in Muppets are incredible. That's what I've and heard. I want to see the. I want to hear the songs again, but uh, the the ending I was you know I've talked about it on the show like the ending I was like not that into. You said something at lunch the other day to my wife and I that was hilarious about. Um, your daughter and being a male and having to change a daughter. Oh yeah, and it's a whole different weird because they've got different parts than guys. Yeah, and you it's... grew up with three brothers, mm-hmm. and I grew up with two brothers. And if I had a daughter, like I wouldn't even know how to fix that area, like clean that area. You get used to it, but the first couple times, yeah, you're not sure you're supposed to be there. Because last time you were there was on a grown-up woman. Right. You, the relationship right? to right? that thing. Well, yeah, but they don't even look. Wait, the same. don't put out the guitar. You're about to play a song about this. No yeah. kidding. Uh, they don't even really look the same. Right. You know what I mean? Wait, they don't look... Yeah, it's a kid. It's a kid. So it's, you know... But yeah, you know what it is. You have a certain relationship to this body part that has been, you know... Sexual. <laughs> sexual. And then all of a sudden, like, it's... It, you, you get to, to it and you're like... Time to clean your... Yeah, hoo-ha. so you have to... You know, I remember the first time I had to do it, I looked at my wife and I'm like, Really? You're going to make me like, do this? Like, I'm allowed to do this? Like, no one's going to kick in the front door and be like, you're under arrest, perv. Like, I think intention is where you differentiate. Totally. And, and absolutely, it is, is It is thing. like, you know. But, um, you know, my, little bro- my younger brother's about to have his, his first daughter. He's got two boys. And, uh-huh. and he, he's like, I'm going to call you because I don't, I'm just, it's weird. It's <laughs> weird. I don't know how to clean there. And it is very weird. But you get to a point where you have to do it so often that the weird goes away so fast. Think about it. Big Yanks had a daughter before you did. Yeah. And Big Yanks. This is this is his arena now. Yeah. This is where Big Yanks out out uh, you know out out uh, outranks us. Yeah. In the, but it, this is the only place that Big Yanks outranks. It's one of those things where, and the thing that I realized is you don't talk about it. You still talk. We're you talking know, about it. Well, I mean, we Geek, talk about Geekscape it. Is where you and talk this is about fine. This but like my daughter and I will never talk about it. Yeah. When I when, when, when you were a kid, I had trepidation about cleaning your hoo ha. I will never <laughs> mention it. <laughs> It just will not happen. It would, it would you know. It would, it would I'll never be mind. like, yeah, I had to spread cream in your butt crack when you were, you know, like these things will just never come up. And I, and I'm glad she doesn't. You know, it's not important. <laughs> Hopefully, she never listens to geese. Yeah, she'll be like, oh, what was my dad doing? Um, <laughs> you wish you had your baby, but like a baby of a day. 
Oh, that, that, that was the joke. Yeah, I the, baby into, the baby bidet. So bidet. Good. It doesn't like, make me less of a man, but it makes me more of a father. <laughs> the baby bidet, differentiating a good touch from a bad touch. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, what are some? Uh, play us another song. Play us another song. Okay. Min- Geekscape minstrel. We're not um, always going to have a musical guest, but since right. we have a musical guest, why not? Um, I guess you know it's what Geekscape, so keeping it upbeat is important. Yeah. yeah. Um, that one. Yeah, I can play that one. This is. And this is one of the ones you wrote it when you moved to New York, right? Yeah, it's one of the ones I wrote to New York when I moved to New York. And um, strangely enough, it, it's a song about a um, a dude committing suicide. What's wrong on, with you? On <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's keep it upbeat. All right. well, that's the funny thing In a one, it. in a two. <laughs> he, he sets up a video camera 200 yards away from... Don't, give him, a, don't give him any ideas. And he puts... The uh, He parks his car on the train tracks and fills it with all his worldly belongings and then closes the door and waits for the train. Okay. That's, that's the song. All right. What's it called? It's wait, called wait. The Hilarious. Oh, it sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that's a train. That's, that's the train strum. That's the crossing guard. I just Th- there's that a song. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> As I now undergo a euphoric transition, I manage to muster remorseless momentum with magic utensils that dissect disasters that once had to find my defective persona. Now sit in a box that sits in the car that sits where I stopped and waiting for a train. It's all on the tracks with no one there to step on the gas. You'll sit and watch from 200 yards away. Someday we'll look back, label this the hilarious past. Cause in a blink and a flash, there'll be broken glass and plastic parts, flame smoke and shooting sparks soaring through up into the sunlit blue of fireworks display. So it seems that this scheme has been thought through. I sought to deliver deliberate destructive departure of things I don't need to succeed in the future. A spiritual surgeon of scalpel and suture, removing the tumor that spread like a rumor. All will be better soon as there's a terrain. Along with the insults to elbows and ashes from fires that swept through the dreams that I had as a youngster. The pull down, the push off, the pissed off, the peel back, or stack nice and neat. Now I'll use this bric-a-brac. Sits in the box that sits in the car that sits where I stopped here waiting for a tray. Hey, hey, It's all on the tracks with no one there to step on the gas. Oh, you'll sit and watch from 200 yards away. Oh, someday we'll look back, label this the hilarious past. Cause some dreams must be smashed. To shape how a person feels or rebuild an old ideal Totally and thoroughly stop being me and embrace change Perhaps I've left out the most comical component of all That'll turn this calamity to a monumentous Slam 
other door from ceiling to floor just one item more a space i reserved for me oh come take me home oh 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 whistle blow please take me That's awesome. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's I've a fun heard, I, I love that song. That's but fun. when you were playing it just now, I thought of the video. The video? Mm-hmm. Nice. I don't share it. No, yeah. We had the best idea for a video when we shot our older video. When we yeah, shot for the Sunshine. Video. We were, remember that video I, do I do. wanted to do about the, the mafioso boss? Who yeah. was, like, flashing back to, towards his life as the assassin who had come to kill him. Totally. Walked into the room and let him, pl- <laughs> let him play one, one last, last song. <laughs> and then the video ends with him getting shot in the head. Yeah. It's like, like after we've seen guy the, wipes away after, a tear after we've seen after he wipes away a tear and then shoots him like after we've seen the entirety of this man's life <laughs> the entire culmination of his life from being a little kid in Italy to come to the states is basically the Godfather yeah the Godfather and then at the end of it he plays his last song he closes the, the piano the dude wipes a tear and shoots him in the face <laughs> um, awesome uh, why do you think that kids today don't appreciate the music that that they're into like like uh, you know there's they're good bands today but they're not the ones who are celebrated right like this auto-tuning thing is out of control what do you think Th- is that, the difference well and we were talking about this before but it's you know something that made music important when we were kids is you used when we were a kids when we were kids we were both yeah. kids we were, um, we were a hive mind yeah we we had to go to record stores and you mm-hmm. used to have these independent record stores and you'd go and you'd dig oh you spent hours hours at these yeah. places like you know um, I remember when they first had listening stations. That Crazy. made the whole they have world. A CD player in the building. Oh my gosh! And you could sit there out. and like try things out, and like it was so awesome. And um, you know, you'd listen. To, you could listen to like little bits of things, and be like, ah, I like this. I don't like this. But you had to really invest into something, and then you had something you were taking home. Yeah, you had a physical. You object. had to take care of it because you, yeah, like, you, you don't to, want to get scratched. Yeah, you that. couldn't leave it at a friend's place. You, you know, well, you couldn't replicate it. Yeah, and and it gave it value. Yeah. You know, something I had a I had a conversation once with Ian Mackay from Fugazi and one of the things we talked about is when I was doing the Littlest Man Band stuff and um we were doing our own label and a friend of mine recommended that I give him a call and talk to him, so I called him and talked to him. Um, which is like one of the first times I had ever reached out to like someone who I had mass respect for that mm-hmm. I didn't know and I just said, Hey, I'm gonna give this a shot. And um we talked for about an hour and a half and the guy was really prolific and everything out of his mouth was just brilliant. But one of the things he talked about is, you know, is it's like I wanted to give the record away for free. I was making enough money with Ruby Fish. There wasn't a need for me to make more money. Your Littlest Man Band. With the Littlest Man Band. And he said something that has stuck with me to this day and it's, you know, when the kids, when kids pay for something and they get something to put in their hands, they they put there's a value to it mm-hmm. you know it's important to them it's there's an object and it's like if they don't pay for it 
then it just becomes a useless piece of plastic. Right. But I think in the reverse of that, though we're paying, we're no longer paying for, we're paying for information, mm-hmm. but there's nothing that's tangible. They don't yeah. see anything. They can hear it and it goes onto this little tiny thing that we stuff in our pockets, which is great. I'm all, I love MP3 right. technology and uh, my iPod, my iPhone and all that kind of stuff. I think that stuff's great, but there's a certain, um, there's a certain level to which we have a hard time placing value on the intangible. Right. You know, like... Is the song really worth 99 cents when you can put it into something that fits in your pocket like, and yeah. forget it really exists? What do you think about like a pay-what-you-want pay model? Like That's becoming popular in like, like Spotify with, like, software and, and stuff like that. And yeah, Spotify. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, what do you think about like a pay-what-you-want model? I think Cause, cause, I mean, what's his name recently did it? Uh, the Comedian. Um, Louis C.K. Louis C.K. And yeah. He was so widely successful with it. But you, I think you have to reach a certain critical mass first in order for that to be a model. Oh, oh the, pay is, the pay what you want, yeah. not pay as you. Um, the pay what you want. Yeah, yeah. Well, for me myself, like I, I, I understand that model and I always pay full price just because that's what I believe in doing. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, even though you're on a budget. Radio, yeah, even though I'm on a budget. Um, you know, the Radiohead, Radiohead records... Um, you know, um, what else have I done that with? Um, oh, I found a, an 8-bit version of Miles Davis's Kind of Blue. <laughs> it is awesome. It is note for note down to the solos. That's it's cool. beautiful. But it was a pay what you want. And I was like, I paid the full price for it. What's, what's um, that, like $5? Uh, yeah, it was 5 bucks. Um, and but I mean, but Miles Davis, could, I mean, his fan base, like, he, like his estate can survive on that. But you can't. Right. You know what I mean? So like... It's, is that something that a starting out musician could even do? My, would would I mean, you recommend somebody even become a musician in this day and age as a business? As a business, no. Oh, I mean, it's like it's what my my little brother when he goes out and plays and he has his CDs. He just he says from the mic like they're this much, but if you don't have that much, we'll work it out. Right. You've got to get into it for the love of it. Yeah. Like I don't make because you heard Trent Reznor talking about just giving it music away right. at this point. It's like I make music because I absolutely have to. Uh-huh. I've tried not making it. Right, and it, I go crazy. I feel nuts, you know. And um, I mean, when when my daughter was first born, I I probably went a couple weeks without touching an instrument, and and as we were all, including, you know, cleanings. Um, what, yeah, stupid, <laughs> stupid joke. But um, and it was great because I was all, you know, totally consumed with her, and you mm. know, I was very very happy. Once things started to kind of like find a rhythm and stuff, I I, I was feeling kind of nuts. Yeah, and I didn't know why. And so she, I realized I was like, when she goes down for a nap, I have to, I have to play. Right. And I, I feel much better about things now, and I'm starting to write again and play again and get out and perform and stuff. And but, I mean, I didn't ever. I, I mean, four hundred dollars was what they offered me, and I thought I was a king. Right. It's because it didn't matter. Right. You know, it, it, it's totally right. not about money for me. Well, you know, but same. I time mean, you, it, same it time is, you have to live on planet Earth. Yeah, yeah. But it's. So what would you say to kids who are like pirating and stuff like that? How do you stop that? You can't. Do you, do you stop that? What do you do? What do you do? Unfortunately, like, and especially being in Real Big Fish, it's a double-edged, it was a double-edged sword for us because pirating was the way we got over to Europe. Right. Without the pirating. On a pirate ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And without that, we wouldn't have got, we wouldn't have been able to go to Europe because our record label didn't want to put our record out over there until we toured and our booking oh, wow. agent didn't want us to tour over there until we had a record out over there. So the pirating so, is what? Pirating, and we, we went over there on our own dime, and we you know we broke even because kids had heard the music and they wow. were excited. Have you heard this real big fish? Yeah. <laughs> All right. 
What's all this then? Oh, real bad fears, I told you. I'm going to go say it with my mates. Yeah, that's um, the worst Cockney accent I think it's It's awful. Look at me. I'm not the voiceover guy. You're the voiceover guy. You were in a Rice Krispies commercial. I, I found out today. <laughs> We've been friends five years, and I'm still finding out things about you. All right, you have another song to play us, and then we'll be done. Um, I don't have an upbeat one. Well, yeah. Which one do you have? I mean, I could do... I could do the song I wrote when I came, when I got to New York, and New I York. was like, "What was it called?" Welcome to New York. Yeah, it's a pretty blue tune, but yeah. I mean, not blue as in like when you yeah. tell a blue joke. Yeah. but it's a powerful song. Okay, you know anything else? <laughs> um, what, what do you want to play? I mean, I could play that tune. It's a okay. good tune. Just play the Geekscape theme song. Yeah. Play the Geekscape. Okay. Um, you don't even know it. No. <laughs> um, so. Okay. All right. This one's Welcome to New York. This song's called Welcome to New York. It's actually one of the first songs I wrote when I moved there because I was lonely as hell. It goes out to big gangs. This one goes. To your buddy for the comic book store. You know that one best moment, like best blue moment of all of Geekscape history was you, big gangs, and Jim in the comic book store in New York talking about, talking about Twilight <laughs> dildos. That little girl. It's a little boy. It was a boy. <laughs> Nobody wanted to look at him but me. Ah! <laughs> it was horrible. Ah! Nothing I could do. <laughs> Go back and listen to that Geekscape. My New wife York was there for that too. Pretty bad. Yeah, she was like, "Is this what you? Is this what you and your friends talk about?" Okay, welcome to New York, I guess. Okay, yeah. All right. Oh, I packed up suitcases, one for clothes, one for dreams, and on the five-hour flight, I made my foolproof scheme. That I'd eat the big apple, not choke on the seeds. And they'd name a street after me. But this was not destined to be. Cause every actor, model, musician in the food industry smiles for tips to afford their 300 square feet and at the end of auditions all they hear is next please so at night they drop to their knees God can you still hear me so welcome to New York, aren't you lonely now? Even your gods lost you in the crowd Amongst the sound of eight million people Whose hearts make man's choir Hope and hopes can reach higher than man can build On the sidewalks and subways Where dreams are for sale Live the giant size Judging eyes of those who've yet to fail Staring into the faces Behind open guitar cases Belting just so they can hear Past the ringing of the city in their ears So welcome to New York Aren't you lonely now? Even your guns lost you in the crowd Amongst the sound of eight million 
cards make man's choir. Hope and hopes can reach higher than man can bear. smooth transition to New York and I had no qualms <laughs> about it whatsoever. You did. You weren't depressed or uh, scared about your future at all. Um, Scott, thanks for being on Geekscape. Thanks for having me. Once what again. is this, like your third or fourth Geekscape? This is, um, yeah, this is my third Geekscape. Really? But my fourth time doing things you and me. Yeah. I did Geekdom. Or geek oh, you drum. did Geekdom. I did Geekdom once. And I, didn't know, I don't remember that. That's yeah. awesome. You, me, and Dan. Uh huh. And uh, in the basement of Dan's brother's house. Dan's brother's house. Yeah. Cool. And then we played um, Virtual Fighter. When did we play? It was I a, don't know what we did. Yeah. Um. Cool. Oh, then we went and had Chinese food. <laughs> no Thai food. Thai we, food. Yeah, that, yeah. that old man dresses Elvis performing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Um, dude, thanks for coming on. Um, thanks awesome. for coming down to my folks' place. No, no, I like this. Yeah. I like going down to Orange and eating with you. Uh, so, dude. Geekscape.net. That's where I want the kids to check it out. Where do we check you out? Uh, at the moment, I, I, I have no site. You'll find out about it on Geekscape. Yeah, yeah, yeah you'll find out about it on Geekscape. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, since I'm now just kind of coming back into the fold of things, um, I've got to put together a Facebook page and all that kind you of stuff. You got a Twitter, The Littlest Man. I do, I do. Twit. Uh, twit. Littlest at Man. Littlest Man. The uh, Littlest Man. I think, yeah, I'd have to check. Jesus. Kid. I'm terrible with this kind of stuff. It's, it all, you know, it all, it's, it's all keeps me signed in, so I never remember. 
You can follow Geekscape at geekscape.net, spelled out on Twitter. Yeah. Find us on Facebook, YouTube, yeah. and of course at geekscape.net. We have a new uh, website coming. I hope you guys have enjoyed the new episodes, uh, all audio. I think we can go a little bit longer. I think we can go a little bit more in depth. Hopefully it doesn't bore you guys, and hopefully the audio isn't awful. <laughs> um, and we'll see you guys next week with a brand new episode. All right, Scott? Have thank a you fantastic so much. week, everybody. <laughs> Play a little ditty out. Um, because I'm working on a song that I wrote a long time ago when I got broken up with. And it's actually a really great song. It goes, Dumb stuff happens to me every day, every day, every day. It comes in many different shapes and sizes and ways, many ways, many ways. You try to stare it right in the eyes, but it's in disguise. It'll tell you lies. Baby, it should come as no surprise. The dumb stuff happens to me every day, every day, every day. I know my daughter needs cleaning after she pees. But isn't this her mother's job? I want to be a good dad, but this just feels weird. The last time I touched one of those was the night we got pregnant with her. I've never seen one so small before. Is it all there? <coughs> Silence the voices. You have a choice. Hello, I'm Michael Kane for Baby Bidet. Now with the Baby Bidet, you can wash all those feelings of inadequacy away for good. The Baby Bidet is easy to set up, it's easy to use, it's even easier to clean up. Baby Bidet provides a gentle sprinkle of water to your daughter's bum. It plugs in any sink, loo, or outside tube for ease and range of use. Once you get old enough, you can even drink with it. I do. The Baby Bidet. It won't make you any less of a man but it will make you more of a father. Endure.